Hello and welcome to another episode of The Curriculum, a podcast from Cornerstones Education. We do our best to provide advice, insight and information for primary school leaders and teachers, all in the time it takes to get to work or grab a quick cuppa. I'm Ian Broom and I'm joined again, thank you, Hal Roberts, who's a teacher, author and educationalist who works with schools, colleges, universities and other educational organisations across the UK and beyond. Uh, I'm grateful for you inviting me back, thanks a lot for having me. You're very welcome. Um, We're going to talk now about your book that's coming out in the future. In the future, which yeah. We'll come on to that <laughs> in, a, in a bit. Um, and it's called uh, uh, Imagine- uh, sorry, Bad Hat Harry and Imagineering, Making yeah. the Curriculum Your Own. Yeah. So my, my first question has to be, who the heck is Bad Hat Harry? Well, it's um, Bad Hat Harry is a quote from uh, my favourite film, Jaws. Um, I, I first saw Jaws, the movie, in 1975 uh, with, my, with my dad, my older brother, I slept again when I was nine because um, my, my brother used to sneak in and grab my legs and shout, shark, shark. And it's a, it's, so it's a film that's been ingrained on me all my life, but I absolutely love it. So I'm slightly obsessed with it. Um, I sent some titles to the um, publisher and uh, Bad Hat Harry, uh, I just threw in there to see what happened and then they thought that was a good title. But none of them seemed to know where it was from either. It's a quote, it's when the sheriff is looking at the ocean and uh, he's, he's looking out, he's shark spotting and um, a little old man comes out of the sea having been for a swim and he's got a black swim hat on and uh, at first you think it's uh, something mysterious and maybe the shark but it's just this old spindly old fella and he comes out and um, the sheriff, Brody played by the great Roy Scheider, says to him, that's some bad hat, Harry. And, and that's it. Now, that was it. So I've just put that out there. And um, I'm a bit of a film geek, and I like my stuff to be associated with cinema. I try and link things to cinema all the time, because when I'm doing that, I'm linking it to myself. That happens so often, I think. You just think, well, I've got a good title, now we need to just actually yeah. decide what this actually is. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about Imagineering? That sounds like that sounds like it's, you know, it's got a bit more to it. Yeah. Well, the word Imagineering, if you Google it, it's what the Disney Corporation calls its research and development arm. Um, but actually, I've, I've done my research into the word, and it's what engineers um, used to talk about doing uh, at the time of uh, the Industrial Revolution, later on, you know, at the sort of post-Victorian 1901, first decade of the 1900s, they were talking about building these new machines to do the jobs that people had previously done. But they couldn't just go and build the machine. They had to sort of strip it right down to its key components and what it would do and how it would work and so on. And that took imagination. So they used to talk about imagineering. And I went and looked at the word and I thought, well, as a teacher, you could be in a bare classroom. You know, you're the adult and you've got 30 children. And that might be all you've got. Imagine that. No technology, nothing, just you and the kids. And that's where we used to be with, you know, in teaching. We used to be there. And and as a teacher, what you do is you think about, right, what can I do? What are my possibilities? How can I move these children on? And it takes some imagination. And what I'm the reason I use that word now is because I, I think that teachers, educators have had their professional imaginations eroded somewhat. 
there's lots of great organisations, you know, yourselves included, who provoke and stimulate teachers' imaginations so that they can create beautiful opportunities for their kids in class. And that's what um, we've tried to do with Uncharted Territories, which is another book that's coming out in January 18. Um, But it's, it's what I'm trying to do with the Imagineering book. It's to sort of put the foundation down. It's, there's no rules. It's just really a manifesto to support teachers in getting back in touch with the reason why they went into the job in the first place. Are there any particular examples of, of, of that in practice? It's the pedagogy of it is for me, and other people could do it in different ways, but for me, it's, um, it's looking at three world elements. It's looking at people, places, and it's looking at problems. So three sort of elements that intersect, and with, where, at that intersection, that's where we can find learning. If we've got the voices of people, we've got a place where we are and dilemmas to be addressed. Children need knowledge and skills to navigate dilemma and problem. And using real-world examples, we can recreate things in our classrooms that kids can walk through. We can protect children into quite complex ideas, but doing it in quite a practical and straightforward way. But it takes some imagination to do that. And, you know, with the pressure on teachers at the moment, I do feel that, you know, a lot of teachers haven't got time to do that. But actually, this is about having time to think. Imagineering is what you can do whilst, you know, picking the kids up from from the club or imagineering is what you can do while you're just um, taking the dog for a walk. And what made you want to write this book? Um, it's because I, I wanted to sort of catch up with myself. I wrote Oops, uh, the Oops Helping Children Learn Accidentally. I wrote that five, six years ago now. And I know it, it's, it's quite a popular book and I love it to death. It's, it's absolutely, it absolutely changed my life. And I know it's been helpful uh, for a lot of teachers and there's a lot of love for it. Um, I wanted to sort of do a, a version of Here We Are Now <laughs> and This Is Where I Am. Um, I think I'm better read now than I was then. Everything in that book is based on just ex- my experience. Whereas now I think I've had time to reflect on my practice and my work in class now is very uh, intense in some ways. Um, I have teachers watching me teach their children and then we forensically unpick it. It's CPD on steroids. I think I've used that phrase before with you. Um, but it's, it's that. Un- underpinning that is is some real pedagogy. And I've got the academic underpinning, I think, that I didn't have before, you know, without sounding dry and dull. Does that mean it's been easier to write? Uh, no, it's been the opposite, actually. And uh, I remember Depeche Mode getting interviewed in Smash Hits when they had to do a follow-up album to their first album. And they found it really hard. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's loads of bands who've gone through that. Isn't there? That's what happens if you lose Vince Clark, though. It is when Vince Clark decides to move on, then you're all in trouble. Um, but it, it was um, when I read that into—I mean, I reread the interview. I went and found it online because I was really struggling. And um, the advice I got off um, the wonderful, uh, brilliant Ian Gilbert, who brilliantly helped me navigate my first book. Was he just said, just write, just write about what you're doing and what you know. So that's what I did. And um, I wasn't really happy with it. I churned it out and I think it could have got published, you know, but I I decided to press pause on it because I think I've learned a lot just in the last year, the last two years, Ian, because I mean, I've 
I've been studying for an MA. I've been doing a lot of other reading and finding other stuff out. I've been finding out a lot more about experiences different to my own, uh, uh, curriculum experiences around the world, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so it's all sort of feeding into the mix in my head. <laughs> you, know? you also learn a lot, the process of writing, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 words. Yeah. By the time you finish those, the stuff that you've written at the start, you can, you know, you the, the actual act of getting it down onto paper is, uh, or the screen is a, is a learning process in itself. It, it is very much so, and I don't think I had a real structure in my first book, and and, and this one, um, I tried to follow that non-structure, and, and actually I don't think I found it helpful for my own writing. I really wanted to write down a series of anecdotes punctuated with, um, with some academic depth, but... I feel like it needs more than that. This, I mean, the imagineering thing. Imagineering, along with the word botheredness, those are my two words that I carry around with me all the time in my head. You know, um, getting the kids bothered, getting the kids hooked in, and the idea of unleashing not just children's imaginations, which teachers are good at, but it's actually our grown-up adult professional imagination which i feel is almost like a it's like a caged animal that just needs to be released one of the things that you've uh, referred to imagineering is thinking of curriculum as, as a series of daily challenges mm. can you explain what you mean by that i think what i'm i'm just trying to be helpful i mean in anything i write and i and i've contributed to a lot of other books and and so on and what it is i'm trying to write the stuff that i'd find helpful you know um and i know that as teachers, what we need sometimes is a bit of inspiration. So I'd suggest, although there often isn't time, time's the enemy in, in, in a classroom, isn't it? But energy isn't, you know, and it's sort of finding the energy to have something where an element of the day where the kids are actually stepping out of their pupil role and actually stepping into the role of someone else. And I don't want to sound too dramery, but just... A provocation of a photograph of the aftermath of an earthquake, you know, which might we might have got have got off the BBC News website that morning, just putting that up on the wall and just saying to the children, you can see in that picture, and I'm thinking of a real photo now, you can see in that picture there is a young man surrounded by chaos and debris, and he's got a mobile phone in his hand. Who is he texting? What is he texting? Is he getting a reply? And so on, and just getting the kids to think outside of the classroom for a minute if you do, does that make sense that makes total i've sense. not been asked that question before and that, that's that's really i suppose what i'm thinking about so it could be a, a moment in the classroom in a day or it could be the literacy session you know yeah so i was gonna that's kind of where i'm gonna go so i can completely see what you mean with that example and i can think of lots of other subjects where mm. you could do a similar sort of thing yeah how does how do you apply this if you're? I know we we, we focus on primary schools, yeah. so there's, we cover all stuff. But yeah. um, you know, if you're if you're specifically trying to teach, forgive me, maths teachers, but you know, yeah. maths. Then yeah. how do, how do you how do you apply the concept of um, imagineering? You know, across. But if, I, if if I may just give you this example uh, from a special school, and I'm not a, I, I, I do a lot of work in special schools, but I'm working with the adults, working with the children, and they're the specialists, not me. Uh, but it, in modelling this sort of approach, this is what happened recently. Um, the, the kids had been, uh, what a wonderful selection of kids as well, absolutely brilliant. And they were a year six class, so it was primary, special setting. And they had been doing a big topic, math topic about area. So I was asked to just try and put it into a context, which when I talk about people, place and problem, that's that's probably what it is. It's making a context on which we can hang learning. And 
I said, I, I drew a picture on the whiteboard of a house, a bit like the play school house, you know, two windows and a door and, and a, a shed. It was at the side of a river and we named the river. I told the children, I said, let's say, let's say this is my house. Now they know it's not my house because I've just drawn it. I've said, let's say it is. So we all agree it's my house. And then we, um, I say to them, my, my house is going to be decorated. And you can see where I'm going. So it's area. So it's going to be carpeted. Now, what was wonderful in that session, Ian, was these kids, we were all like chatting away and they were really good at the maths. So in terms of practice, in terms of practicing a method, they were all over it. But what they couldn't get their head around, one boy particularly, he was just absolute quality, this kid. He couldn't get his head around the fact that he'd have underlay because he just saw that as another carpet. So why on earth? Would you have two carpets in a room? I think that's the uh, that was the approach that the uh, people who developed our house before we moved in had. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it explains a lot. Of the, uh, it doesn't. They didn't bother with underlay. It explains yeah. the draft. And then, of course, just before playtime, the river bursts its banks, and all my new carpets are ruined. And there we have people. We're in a place, and there is a problem. So that's. So I haven't got. I don't have solutions to how do we teach fractions. But what if you leave it with me as I drive home from here? I'll I'll come up with twenty. Yeah, fantastic. Well, that's been great. Thank oh, you right. for that. Oh, lovely. Thanks a lot, Ian. Thanks for having me in, mate. And that's it for this episode of the curriculum. You can subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts on your iPhone or iPad, or if you have an Android device, you can try something like Pocket Casts. It means you get the episodes going straight to your phone or tablet, and you can discover a whole world of other podcasts out there. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, please tell someone about it. Just uh, send them a quick email or give them a nudge in person. Um, if you want to know more about Cornerstones, the curriculum, as in the Cornerstones curriculum, and um, other products, you can go to cornerstoneseducation.co.uk and you can learn more about this show, including how to subscribe at cornerstoneseducation.co.uk slash podcast. And we'd love to hear your feedback and any ideas you might have for the show just get in touch by emailing podcasts at cornerstoneseducation.co.uk or drop us a line on Twitter, where we are cornerstones.edu. That's it. Speak to you next time. Mm-hmm.